Yes. Yes. In my mind, you know what? I was already recording. So that people just have to know that juice yeah. that just occurred. That was our applesauce cracker <laughs> juice break that no one else knows about. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's life-changing to be in deep committed relationship to people different than you. Oof. That's it. Yeah. Because you have to take on their way of seeing and their perspective and their experience and validate it. Mm. There's no way it doesn't change yours. Um, you have to make it a, a component part of your own. You have to literally let them into your heart. And literally, you need to change your own source code and edit it to make room for them at the table, right? Thinking about your heart and your source code as a table. And it's like, well, you know, there's like a dinner table. And then there's like, you know, like an Excel sheet table. And it's like, well, got to clear up some cells for yeah. this new spouse, for this new child, for this new boss, for this new neighbor. And it's like, you're always editing your, not that you're editing your heart, but it's a space like, like a room. You need to be an interior designer of and an engineer of to yeah. be a surgeon, to be a sculptor. Yeah. You sort of got to pull from all the different disciplines you have to change who you are because yeah. who, who you are is how you is how other see now I need your help because it gets back to the identity stuff of like, do I depend on my reception? Right. Am I, can I still be me? What does it mean to be me if I just piss somebody off? Yeah. Well, it, it, it is, there's this early stage of existence where you're not aware of how you're affecting the other. Uh, so then you become aware, right? And then as you become aware, uh, when you're caught up with anxiety, cause you're that teenager where you're like, everybody's watching me mm -hmm. when then you don't make space for the other. There's no space in your head and heart to be changed by who they are. You know, now have I met man children that have <laughs> never come to the awareness that, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're so um, psychopathically disconnected from any sense of shame that they're constantly Ooh. filling the weight of the room with who they are. Uh, you know, there, there is no way to make space for the other, but then as you age, if a, you develop appropriate awareness, then you start to defer too much and anxiety crowds out. How, what do they think of me? Do they like me? Am I doing a good job? You know, blah, 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 blah. and so all that's in our head, and and then we can't be with the other. We're not changed by them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being with others. You know, I mean, again, I I take my solitude and privacy so seriously, and when I go to the asynchronous space of like reading people's messages and then writing them back, I still have like precise control of how I'd like to be. And so then when I show up in space with someone else it's like a new 5d chess board. And it's like, I, I get all this range of motion. Um, and there's just like, there's so much information in a spoken utterance. Like mm. everyone's voice is so unique. And it's like, there's like 10,000 little things about each little sound I'm putting here. That's actually, it's a lot more source code than even the written word on a page. Um, mm. You can take people's states on. I mean, like people that are very empathic because, you know, my wife is like this. She's like, oh, mm. I feel anxiety around them. 
well, is it your anxiety or their anxiety you're picking up on, right? So she very often is picking up on theirs. Me as a dysfunctional leader, I pick up on people's buy-in and excitement. And, you know, so in my 20s and, and I'm 44 now, still can fall into this. But I was like, I got to keep the room hyped up because if I don't keep everyone hyped up, I'll feel their feeling of not being bought in. And that's a painful feeling. That's interesting. Well, yeah, I've, I've been at, I've been at some dinners lately in New York as has a friend of mine I've just talked to. And it doesn't feel good to go to a dinner table and feel like you're being facilitated. It's like, yo, like we've spent all freaking week and year and decade at our laptops being obedient. Mm. And you're telling me when we finally get to dinner, we finally decide to splurge and have fun and be here and enjoy the chef's work and enjoy and appreciate the service professionals who are here working and dressed well and being on their politest behavior, you're going to sit here and you're going to give me a TED talk. You're oh. going to sit here and you're going to draft you a blog post using your mouth. It's like, come on, dude. No, <laughs> stop selling. Stop selling. Be off the clock for two hours. Two hours a week, you can be off the clock. Come on. We yeah. deserve that, right? We work 15 hours a day, seven days a week forever because product and marketing are never done. Security and safety are never done. Two hours a week. Let loose. Have a courage session. Be experimental. Do something that won't compute. Please. And you're here doing group facilitation. I can see into your source code. I don't want to be your audience right now. <laughs> Dude. I, yeah. I mean, that's it's not, we need the oxygen. I, I was curious what you meant by the facilitation. So it felt like it was more of a, like a forced controlled thing rather than what it was shown to be, which was going to be relational. Well, and it's not that it wasn't relational, but it's like, I can see that they're leaning back on their playbook because mm-hmm. they have to fill the silence. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, okay. like, let it like, what's wrong with silence? Right. It's almost like you fear that if there's no hype, that your that your your grace is is falling and that their their temperature is plummeting. It's like, dude, like let it go up and down. Like trust that it'll come back. And yeah. and like I think that's a good test of someone's actual confidence is will you let the room go silent? Will you let the prospect or customer go quiet? And will you not when you, when it gets quiet and your, your internal alarm bells go off, say they're losing it. You're losing them. You're in trouble. This money is about to go away. Do you have the belief in yourself to let them go quiet? Cause that's also an important part of it, right? I mean, yeah. solitude and leadership. If you're really trying to, you know, you are ambitious as a leader because you want people to go deep and it's like, well, if people really are going to digest and process and become what you want them to be, they need some time, right? Yeah. Your, your stuff's demanding. Reading yeah. your stuff, it's good and it's hard because the vision you have is very ambitious for what a human being ought to be. And so it, it is demanding. I do need to sit with it and I will have to be quiet for a while. Yeah. And, and sometimes you know, I feel like I live in two worlds, uh, that, that world of 
joyful depth. It's a playground to me. Mm. And a constant Will Ferrell movie. So there's like no in between as far as like the the joyful depth and the sophomoric humor uh, of like, you know, stepbrothers or I mean, I always have those those movie lines in my head and that goofiness and and i love being in in both of those spaces and so being in jazz sessions courage sessions tends to be for me a vacillation uh between those two those are the places i like to be but you know thinking about what you're relaying on this experience and you know it's so i needed somebody to tell me and they did in 2007 a dear friend with a lion-like energy, mm. a little bit like you were doing. Chris, you have worth issues, okay? Mm. He just said it to me directly. You need to fix those. You know, it's like what you're saying, come off the clock. It's two hours, come on. But I'll tell you, I've been transformed by some, some counselors who were like grandmothers mm. who had the child energy oh. that Nietzsche talks about where... It was, uh, hey, what if you don't have to carry everybody? Dude. Those grandmothers are going to make me cry from the first time they told you that to you passing it on to me now. Grandmothers speak that forcefully that it stays with you in your body and you just passed it on to me. This is storytelling in how it works is yes. you just relay the thing and it's like you relay the electrical pulse from her saying it to you, you pass it on to me and Lord knows how long it's been marinating in your body and you gave it to me and I felt it. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, this is a story I've never told publicly. This is the jazz session. So where courage sessions, where I go when a story shows up with you right now is if I don't want to tell it, I'm a little nervous. I'm going to try to tell it. Yeah. Uh, so this is around the time this guy said, you have worth issues and I'm starting to learn all this and pay attention to it. I'd gone to the chiropractor for uh, some back pain I was having and the nurse uh, assistant, forgive me, don't remember the proper term, but I'm laid across this table getting ready to see the chiropractor and, or I'd just seen him and they were applying this uh, stuff and then using this machine to kind of like stimulate the muscles and loosen mm -hmm. it up. And the woman's hand touched my back. <laughs> now, let me tell you what's next. Not the Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> uh, it, it was like, that was nurture. That was nurture. That was like whole. I think I need a, a, a it was like a spring of a thought. I think I need an elderly feminine presence like that i strategically sought that out met with a couple of different counselors who were that for me in that time and you know and i had an elderly man that i was meeting with and it was amazing i mean he rocked my world and was beautiful and everything it needed to be and i'm always trying to like be available to learn from the next burning bush but but that was a that was a moment for sure yeah well i i wanted to to jump in a few minutes ago and say like every professional man like us really ought to change employers and we ought to go apply all of our workday sensibility to listening to women and being mm -hmm. transformed by them. 
our new boss should be that grandmother. Honestly, we should all go work for her and just listen and take notes and essentially go back. If we need to do kindergarten again and start there, go all the way up through middle and high school and college, go all the way up through first job and really just renew the whole chain of events from the beginning of your life to the present, kind of bathed in that divine, feminine, wise, elderly, um, nurturing. I mean, cause like their vision is something that I think men can't have, right? I feel like men live for war, for victory. And it's like, I'm sort of, and I, I honestly feel it right now and it's brotherhood and it's mm-hmm. trust. And it's like hunger for restitution or redemption or something like that. And it's like, I'm ready to go into battle and just like row, 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 row for the sake of Sparta or Athens or whatever. And it's like, if I die, who cares? Sound, sounds great. Like, I feel great right now. Like whether I go in and I, you know, become fi- <laughs> successful and famous, which is just so empty, so mm-hmm. empty or get like destroyed and transformed. It's like the death is not the end mm-hmm. at all. It's mm-hmm. just another step. And it's like, would be sort of a relief to not have to worry about, uh, you know, breakfast and sleep and doing laundry sort of sounds like a relief to, to kind of go from this American calendar, Apple device, managing my friendships and relationships through text boxes sort of want to go to where, yeah, I don't know the, the sweet, warm, feminine place. I'm reminded of like Jack Kerouac, who I think talked about like the one thing we long for in our living days is it is to go back to the womb, essentially that that sweet place in amniotic fluid where all things were taken care of and there's no worries. Mm -hmm. I think everyone longs for that. Well, and it's you think about the combination of that, the masculine, the feminine, and obviously we know there's there's shades of variation these are these are sliding scales of expression not hard and fast categories but but you could also have an extreme awesome exposure to the feminine and need the grandfather you know the masculine depending on and 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 again it just comes down to what what for you does it and and facilitates the wholeness you pay attention that stuff shows up and it does for me still, and I'm not done and we're never done. And that's the joy of the becoming, mm. you know? Um, wow. Well, yeah. Well, when you, when you said becoming, I wanted to say finding, cause I think mm-hmm. event, I mean, I, cause I think one's becoming does not happen in a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. It actually is about a finding and, you know, we've cited the number 50 to 75, you know, hybrid, friends, customers, clients, readers. Um, I also like that, you know, Dunbar's number of 150 as far mm-hmm. as how big the community is. And yeah, I, I find my way. And I, I think it happens in winter, right? And you and I have been friends for several winters now. And so you've seen how kind of like desperate my voice gets even more than usual. It's like, I'm a chipmunk, I'm a squirrel, it's winter. I don't know where the food's going to be. I really need to get going. And really, I need to 
to kind of get going to go get enough nuts and know where they're going. And so that, that, that rodent energy kind of like really animates my voice, at least in the morning, because there's so much primal fear. There's so much like lizard brain, like there's not enough scarcity, which is a wrong belief. I am totally here to come to therapy and come to church and say, this is how I feel. It's what I believe. And I can tell you it's a wrong belief. Yeah. It is a belief I hold that is not true. And I am here to unravel it and open up the nut and shed the shell and throw the shell away and live in the pure nectar and meat of that kernel. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to say what I really respect about you and how you strike me when you post something desperate and you tell me if it's correct. Uh, but before I say that, I was going to say, you know, you can't control your thoughts. You train them. And so it's normal to wake up with that. The, the cortisol is literally moving through your body to say, go out and hunt evolutionary response. It's just what you do with it. That's next. So, so for those listening, we didn't even talk about what this is. They missed our, our snack at the beginning. Uh, but what we're doing in these courage sessions, this being number three of a six part journey where I have watched uh, and I'll use your social media, GP Lewis, so you can find him. Uh, I have watched him post so courageously. And I, I think a few years ago, uh, I would have seen some of your posts and I would have judged them. Hmm. I would have said this. Well, you know, what's maybe let's say over a decade ago or longer, I would have said, what's he doing wrong to have those moments? Okay. Hmm. A little bit later, I would have said, wow, he should not post that because <laughs> that's not his baseline or that's not going to put the best foot forward. And, and instead, here's, here's where I think you're an example and a model for us. Not everyone is going to post how you post. They're just not. But can we let you be something we live vicariously through? Yeah. Because you have the courage to be in your moment. <laughs> Everyone's having the moments you're having. Yeah. Depending on the frequency, I don't know. But everyone's having them. You just have the courage to be in yours. Does that feel like something that feels true to you and you 100%. appreciate? Okay. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you're describing the job of the artist, the court jester, the shaman, the public intellectual, the, I even think about it like a public fountain, almost like it's a natural spring. And it's like, I've sort of become like a fixture, like infrastructure. Like I'm, I'm like a Niagara Falls or like, a like an old faithful geyser or like a, like magical babbling brook. That's like this thing to go see. That's a natural phenomenon. And it, it simply is a an example of what is mm -hmm. so like in all those things it's it's a kind of point of natural beauty that sort of represents how nature works i think that's the role i'm kind of easing and softening and surrendering into which is i have access to this i'd say global modern subconscious right and and this has been said about a lot of good writers before is 
they can articulate the anxieties of a generation. They can say what everyone is thinking that no one dares to say because it's not the best foot forward. It's mm. not at all, right? I'm sure in the, in the coming months and years, I'll have handlers and managers and an agent and an editor and a publisher. And they're going to be like, don't do it. Don't do that on Twitter. Don't do that on Twitter, which is what they tell Elon Musk. It's what they tell Kanye West. It's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Donald Trump, don't do it. But the, the, the voice is there. And yeah. that, that selfish, it's, you know, and again, Miles Davis talks about how you got to be selfish to be, to be creative. But Michael Jordan will say, you have to do that first. You got to be selfish first. And then once you've done the 10,000 hours, once you're made of momentum, once you've done, also what Kobe Bryant says is you wake up at three, train at four, train four to six, come home, breakfast, relax, go back at it again, seven to nine, back at it again, two to four, back at it again, seven to nine. After year five and six, doesn't matter what they say they're going to do in the summer. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter what anyone says they're going to say, I'm going to do 2,000 words a day. I'll catch you. No, you won't. Yeah. No, you won't. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, I love the, it's the, it's the madman. We use that phrase because I literally back when I had hair, I'm getting my hair cut in my <laughs> mid twenties, Jeff, I printed out frameworks from leadership books to memorize them. So they would always be with me. Like I, you can put me in virtually any leadership team situation. And awesome. from an encyclopedic standpoint, mm -hmm. without even thinking I can roll through see what is the highest level thing, what's happening, what teams or people need to do. And here's why I'm so excited to have these courage sessions with you because you have that for the, like the anxiety and art of mm. our time. So mm. Pierre Chardin, the newest yeah. am I saying that term right? Pierre Telhard de Chardin. Thank you. You're not surprised you know it. Uh, glad and I probably, put it out there. I probably butchered the pronunciation, but at least we got closer to an accurate Google search. So, so this guy is uh, a Catholic scholar who wrote of such heresy. They mm. would not let his stuff get published, but his stuff is so good. Even after his death, when he gave instructions, it could be published. People still go visit his grave. They read his writings. We know his name. Because <laughs> the man did in private what we are talking about. And it wasn't until after he had died that we even know of his brilliance. But he articulated this concept that we might use the word consciousness, that there is this continually growing consciousness that is this, and I'm any of his scholars or fans, Chris, you're butchering yeah. it. I'll agree with you all day long. DM us. We want to hear from, from scholars. We do. <laughs> Heck yeah. But you really have like, you know, which way the wind is blowing about the anxieties of our age. And you have this grasp of, of a timelessness of the artists and the courageous voices who have done the same thing. And some are known in their lifetimes and some are not. Um, and that's, yeah, I just love the way that you were just like, at some point in the future, a manager is going to be like, don't do it. And you're going to be like, that's what I got to do. 
Yeah. It's like, that's, that's what got me. It's what got me here is yeah. disobeying you. And I can look at you man to man, or at least uh, employee to manager and say, your business school informed view about me is right. And I can stand here in your eyeline and I can act as my most professional representative. And I'm going to say, I love you. And I'm sorry that when I break eye contact with you, I'm going to go become a madman, even madder than I've ever been. And I'm going to disobey you and disappoint you. And again, I'm not breaking eye contact with our professional self here. Yeah. That is what we both need for our organization to succeed. Yes. Yes. So um, you're making me think of in the dawn of everything. Did I cut you off by the way? I'm getting excited. Well, I was going to say product and marketing. I'm sort of obsessed with this, this sense of like, we have to like, you like, like, like you have to be the madman and his representative. Yeah. Um, so this is what it's making me think of. And I want to come back to that madman and representative. Cause I think it takes it even further. This book that the dawn of everything, which I'm currently geeked out on, I definitely have recency bias with reading. It's like, what's your favorite book? The one I've committed to read right now. Because if I commit to read it, you know, I'm, I'm talking about read it. I skim books. But I'm talking about actually read it. Mm-hmm. It means when I read it, I have this feeling of, oh my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But this is talking about all these amazing ways we've sold um, civilization short. They were organized different ways. We talked a little bit about last episode, but how... The most neurodivergent, we would say today, the madmen that lived at the fringe, you know, they'd be out counting shells hanging from a tree, <laughs> right? Dismissed madmen. But when a crisis came up, that person had the answer. Yep. Like, because like, it's so intuitive. Because any external crisis just corresponds to an internal crisis, right? I don't need to read the news anymore. I know what's wrong with Congress. I know yeah. what's wrong with climate. I know what's wrong with racism sexism because it all happens between here all the every conflict is just this i don't need corroboration of the news i know what's there i've been i've read the news Mm. there's a poem and i may have mentioned this i don't think i did a friend wrote called cocktail poem and something cocktail party but the whole thing is about the person you meet at the party that irritates you might show you something about yourself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's the mirror. The madman and his representative means this. I can be in it to me. Tell me if this, I can be in the space I need to be in, but I can also step out of it mm-hmm. as I need yes. and step back in. Yeah. I, I often talk about that. Like, um, I'm deadly serious about all the things I say and do, and I'm able to step to the side and not take my seriousness too seriously. Yeah. I'm able to have a sense of humor about my own mission, vision, mission, vision, values, fate, intensity. Like I can laugh at myself and then I kind of can snap right back into resuming the very intense warfare of going 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 but i also never lose either voice and i think to me that's integrity is Mm. um like being able to yeah hold hold those voices and yeah kind of be like a juggler right and it's it should be fun like 
the, the men, my peers, the men of my generation. And again, we come from the Bay Area in California. We went to good schools. We fought to get into good colleges. We're now senior directors of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oof, is this it? Emails and share docs and make the number go up and to the right and please the hierarchy and go home and be barely two inches more evolved than our parents relationally, romantically. Oof, is this going to be the movie I'm going to watch for 15 hours a day, seven days a week, where every Saturday is just another Monday? And I've got my, my personal family life is just another job to judge myself about. Man, that's leading to drugs, alcohol, depression, suicide, affairs, overdoses, people blowing up buildings, people going and buying guns and shooting things up, pe people voting for authoritarians who are going to make you great again. Wow. Not good, man. Dude, I, I, you know, you're bringing awareness. The cut, when, we're, when you're having conversations at the edge and the volley back and forth is happening, it, it surfaces moments of awareness that happened that you skirted by. Um, and, and today in the kitchen, my hmm. daughter was washing something at the sink in between her college finals, taking stuff online, the whole thing. And I, and she didn't know I came up and I just leaned on the kitchen Island and just stood there for a while. She didn't know that I'm in there and I'm watching her and I'm like, I, what a rare privilege I get to be here and have this little simple moment and watch her. And this is so beautiful, but Jeff, what I'm hit, what's hitting me like a ton of bricks right now is how I felt guilty. Like, I, I, am I not working hard enough that I have this moment? Now, isn't that crazy? Like what is so messed up about what we've cultured, you know, and I'm not saying everybody would be like that, but I know a lot of performers and achievers would be, but what would be cultured in me was thinking, this is so good. It's gotta be wrong. Wow. Well, yeah, because it's, I mean, in a sense that what you're seeing is the fruits of your labor, which is her being able to be in her element and not be afraid of house falling apart. There not being enough food. She can be in her zone, right? And you can see that I've made that happen. Every time I have told Jeff or told someone else, like I need to support my family with my entrepreneurship and my vision. And it's... I just got to do it. I'm going to find a way. However, I got to do it. Like you're seeing the fruits of your labor and you see that you won and that you did it. Right. And that your late twenties obsessed writer, madman self who has, you know, piles and piles of word docs and writing at written at the madman's edge. It's like you honored that younger man and now you're it. And you mm. became, you became a professional version of it. Um, now the guilt is interesting, right? It's because in a sense, it's like you have to get back to maintenance of it. You, you've glimpsed it. You've refreshed your sense of what the good thing looks like and what it's all for. And you can let yourself enjoy it for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the more time you spend on computers doing creativity, you see just how long five minutes really is. <laughs> um, and it's like, well, <laughs> and they, they say this about other things too. It's like, once you get the message, you can hang up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Cause you do have to get back and it's like, well, maybe you should go edit that book. Maybe you should go to that, that 
that email at the bottom of your inbox that you know you've got to work on. Maybe it's just worth opening that Google Doc and even just tapping out a few things just to do the thing you need to do next. And and yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a shame that like the business of living never really ends. Um, but you so never it, hear, go ahead. It's going to force us to invent new gospels and invent new scriptures and invent new rituals and invent new churches and invent new languages to somehow make the grind worth it to somehow make make the mundane sacred you never hear the grandmother complain about the dishes yes so so for me not in an idyllic way but it's like like this is the grounded reality of she's making peanut butter fudge she's doing dishes she's sitting at the table talking thoughtfully but the the moments you know it's not like the dishes and the fudge happen so i can talk to you at the table it's all the moment and uh i know that is probably a hard i feels like a wordy way to state you know it's all of it it's not uh it's not just being able to do the performance or achievement or just having the moments where we laugh and talk about music on the couch, mm -hmm. you, you know, it's all of it because it all, if it's worth doing, it matters. And there are things that we do that, yeah, maybe not our favorites, but we're moving towards yeah. if as madmen, the progression of continually eradicating those out of our lives. Um, mm. Well, yeah, doing dishes, I, I find therapeutic and sacred. It's sort of like, the downtime that I know contributes to and enables the uptime. Yeah. Um, I think about, about exercise the same way. I'm even coming around to appreciating doing taxes and having to understand unintuitive, overcomplicated bureaucracy run by dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm even appreciating that because it, it got us here. And it's a chance for gratitude and for wonder and for realizing where you come from and what you are. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I talk about the pleasure of being on hold with multiple insurance companies and watching the ball drop. <laughs> and after four hours of attempts, you have seven different people who've found a way to hung up on you, hang up on you and make it not their problem because they're stressed. If you can somehow find the glory in that, while your body starts to hurt more and more and bank account goes down more and more. Honestly, I mean, the, the madman's edge is like where you're five steps away from obliteration. And, and, you know, I, I hear from friends who it's like talking about, I'm going to quit my job to start my own creative entrepreneur thing. I'm going to be myself for a living and make a community. And they're talking about, you know, when I quit, I had 45 K in savings. I'm like, that's all practice. Mm -hmm. When it gets below 5K and you start to not be able to know two months out, that's where you really start to be getting the water and the fire and the space energy. That's when you can really get 5D, 7D, 9D, really get into to thinking cosmically and eternally. When, when you really have to become the perfect natural expression of what you are 
and you just keep doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on, I'm just going to keep talking and doing what feels right. And I'm going to let everything go away, away from me. That's not meant for me. Mm-hmm. And if that means losing friends, if that means losing girlfriends, if that means not knowing where I'm going to stay in three days, if that means having to go to, you know, again, public shelters, go ask for money on the street. It's like, you just have to keep saying, I'm willing to learn how to live in the world or die trying. And that is a fine legacy, even if no one knows my name, even if it's going to take 50 to 100 years or a thousand years for someone to all of a sudden come across these writings, this, this trunk of pages or drawings. It's like, well, who, who was this person? G P L. Wait, is that the same guy that that's this? And it's like, you know, you're not doing it for you. You have to do it as you, but you're not doing it for you. This is reminding me of a moment that I forget how important it was. And those that know a little bit about my story, it may, may be uh, even powerful than the eviction notice story. Mm. Uh, because there's been three or four ways I've died. <laughs> you know, saying no to working with my father and the process of not liking who I was becoming, uh, the the failed business eviction knows all that. But one one of them was providing leadership to an organization, and it wasn't turning around. And I still remember Jeff the road I was driving on, where I was driving, when this thought hit me: everyone may think I killed it, and that is okay. And I will be the last one to lock the door and turn out the lights. And something about those moments cultured something in me where to do what I do now, living literally many, many times, waking up on a Monday morning and going, this is the financial number I have to hit because we, we are living within a week's reach, yep. selling a car to get two weeks operating expenses, you know, when we were mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, launched, when I was launched out full, full time in this, but then not freaking out. Like learning how to let ambition and contentment marry together in this relationship of, uh, I could freak out. What does, what good would it do? And I'm going to figure out what is the thing that I'm supposed to do. And it may not make sense, but I'm going to research for five hours rather than text 50 people and try to sell something Uh really pay attention to that, like intuitive North star. Now, are there days though, where I saw something you posted that it gave voice to something I was feeling in that moment. Of course, absolutely. And, yep. and then you're exhausted and you're fatigued and it is a battle. Um, but that is this process. And I've so many people, and I get why, I get why. But so many people, the default approach is when, when it comes to taking their own path, once it falls below this number, they don't yep. say it this way. Once it falls below this number, I will freak out yep. and I will shut all this down and I will do the sensible thing. And it is that story that you sent me about the violinist. Yasha Heifetz, J-A-S-C-H-A, last name Heifetz, H-E-I-F-E-T-Z. So, so dude, like that, <laughs> the only reason the business that I was in failed in 2007 because I left it like 
Site shift hasn't failed. Why? Because it won't fail. Because I have a fire. Business failure is just this. It reached a point where the cost wasn't worth it anymore. I wasn't willing to pay the price. Part of leaving public clergy leadership for me was, oh, I didn't want to say this, it was showing up. Um, uh, I'm evolving to a place that to stay in this role would be to do violence and damage mm-hmm. to those that mm-hmm. I'm leading. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to pay the price of giving up that evolution and becoming the community organizer this movement needs to continue. I want to be in the cave. I do not want to be a community organizer. Now, some people are wired up for that. That's great. That's what they want to do. But for me, it was a, a very you know clear kind of fork and path in the woods. And so that's why it was so powerful, that video you sent about the violinist. And so for the story real quick, this world-class violinist tells this person, you don't have the fire. He's a business person. He comes back. He goes, ah, I feel like I missed something in my life. I quit playing the violin. He goes, why'd you quit? You played beautiful. The maestro tells him that. Yeah. And he goes, well, you told me I didn't have the fire. He's like, well, you must not have because you quit playing. Did I relay that correctly? You did. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, you know, there's another um, quote I like from the the composer Claude Debussy. Um, He says, young talents can never be discouraged enough. Wow. You, Cause you, you know, keep going. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like you, you need to really know that it's impossible and that no one's going to care. You, you really need to accept that you will be a renegade or reject a failure. And it is a long, lonely road. And unless you are prepared to keep yourself warm for 10 years or longer, however long it takes alone, fighting and scratching and clawing on your elbows, living without so many things you thought you should be able to have, um, just scrapping by in order to stay free and never for a second have to fake it. Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana said the greatest crime is faking it. Right. If you will not allow yourself to become a community leader or organizer that is not in line with your vision, Mm. if you refuse to attend a a Monday stand up meeting for either engineering, design or sales, whatever kind of org you're in, um, if you're in an org, um, you have to obey the quiet inner voice. And it's like, well, I'm prepared. And this is a lot of what Stephen Pressfield talks about. He wasn't until his, I think, late forties or early fifties before he started publishing. It's like he, he piled up failure after failure after impossible to sell screenplay after impossible to sell screenplay. And it's like, you have the voice and you have to surrender to it. And it's like, for better or worse, this is what you will do with your life. Mm. And it's like, you, it's like, you, you can't not follow it. You just can't, and it doesn't, it can't, it might, it won't make sense to others, mm-hmm. right? It, it's like, and again, it's like, it's like the voice of reason. And it's like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm hmm. going to work 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm going to be in big trouble. I'm going to say no to obvious things that you and I can both see would help. I'm, I'm going to not do it. I'm going to follow the wrong. I, 
I can see and I can sketch. Here's what I would do if I was someone else. Here's what, here's what anyone else should do. Here's the right way to do it. I'm going to hand you this perfect drawing strategy. When I break eye contact, I'm going off in a million other directions. I'm not going to do, I won't do, I can't and I won't. And that ref, the refusal, I think that refusal and what's inside the refusal and what's that force, it's a, it's a primal scream. All the wars that have killed thousands of people are, are in that scream. It's that, you know, it's that refusal is the strongest force in the universe. Um, which also makes, you know, take it back to the elderly grandmother or even the, you know, middle-aged female mother poet of which I can rattle off the name of, you know, 12 to 15 of them who I've, I, I've come, I, I've come I know to you can more than anybody. Yeah. I know, I know you can. Um, but, go ahead. Do it. Well, if, so the thing that I want to register here is, and then I want to ask about haiku at Tiffany's because it fits perfectly. <laughs> it does fit. It does fit. <laughs> what should I do with my time? How about that? Um, the, the crossroads I was at going into this full time, people telling me, Chris, you have a dream situation. What are you doing? You're crazy. What are you stepping? Why? You know? And, but I, I had this feeling. I was like, I don't care if I ever lead another meeting <laughs> for this organization or any organization like it. Now it wasn't that I was burned out on leading meetings. It's that I, I was done with that era. We have a meeting tomorrow with the team. I am excited. Like, yeah. like, can we do that right after this? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's, so it is paying attention to the honesty of that voice. And the honesty of that voice is not going to take you on a linear path like everybody else. Because it's gonna, there's going to be some non-intuitive or some, some intuitive non-linear moves. Like, so for those that don't know, I observed this on social media and I've wanted to ask you about it. Uh, you are, are doing something with an organization where you're typing up haiku poems for people while they're shopping in Tiffany's. So tell yeah, me how this sure. works and what's happening. So I, I do poetry at parties. And it's two friends, one former colleague's company. They've been, we've been doing it for seven, eight years. We're called haikuists. Um, we show up, you know, dressed in a suit, bringing a manual typewriter, bringing nice card stock to write poems on for guests. We, we do weddings. We do um, corporate events like happy hour after conferences um recently in new york we had a, a three event series uh for tiffany and co the luxury jewelry uh designer um based in new york city and uh yeah kind of like one day was like black friday we were like in the store um and yeah for anyone who who made a purchase the these the sales associate which is really uh a, a title that does not give justice to how much reverence I have for the staff and the team there at Tiffany. Um, mm. They were invited to, to come to the table where me and another poet were there with our typewriters. And, you know, during these interactions um, that lead to the poem being finished. So again, uh, haiku is a, a Japanese form of poetry. Um, the Americanized version of it is very much about syllables. It's three lines. 
five seven five syllables. Um, and just for those listeners, I don't mind saying our man Jeff is in Manhattan, and uh, sometimes sometimes they want to <laughs> let you know that something's going on, and they're something's there. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we uh, will have a conversation with the customer, as it were, and I often say that it's a combination between a therapy session, a brainstorm, and a first date. Um, asking open-ended questions. Um, and yeah, they start kind of telling us either their story or their thoughts or um, what's been going on for them and who they are, and, uh, who's important to them. Um, and yeah, I take some notes during that, during that conversation. Um, definitely feel like half psychotherapist for sure. And then I, I kind of transform those notes into a, a work of art on the page, typed on the typewriter um, that kind of captures, I'd say both their essence and also the direction they're heading and like their acceleration. So you're intuiting that with yeah. them in the moment. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, hey, so let's not forget, let um, would be honored if this makes you feel like, uh, you know, it's doing, I know it won't. I'm not even gonna say what I'm gonna say. Let's do one live on a Ooh. session you don't have to have the typewriter you can just write it out yeah and sure. uh yeah yeah on, on one of our just, recordings that just be... just for fun we'll we'll get some typewriter sounds on the uh on the real recording here so how's that sound does that sound good that sounds pretty dope that right. sounds pretty dope well christopher um you you mentioned you have daughters you gave me a really nice precise image of you at the kitchen island yes you mind if oh, so i take us there are we doing it now we're gonna we're do it right now in a future episode let's do it right i gotta now. i gotta go in about five minutes but uh okay. this is all i care to do in the whole world i'm gonna sit cool. down right now love it so 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 tell me what it was like to like the quiet you experienced um watching your daughter do her her college coursework knowing that you were her age once and from being her age to being you right now, you have toiled in the muck. You've had one, your life's been one long courage session, um, refusing to go any other way but your own. And you get a few minutes to just see the, the purity and beauty and perfection of your daughter doing her thing without the fears and anxieties that you had to live with. How did that feel? How, what did that sound like? What was the mm -hmm. silence that you saw? it felt like watching this tree blow in the wind noticing so many leaves just the simple beauty that this moment contained gratitude joy ambition it's like 75 leaves all separate emotions all felt in in shades of vibrant color um and yeah sense of sense of beauty and awe just like everything is worth it it's all good keep moving forward keep enjoying the moment it's so, both hand mm, both hand i like that so i wrote down windy tree leaves breeze of thanks each emotion vibrates it really is all good both and 
which is certainly more more than enough ingredients to to work with. And yeah, like I'll just kind of like give you like yeah. my intro voice. So again, we could go back and forth. We could sit here for 15 minutes. Yeah. You could tell me more about it. But if I'm just going based on that, say it's a busy event and I've got a yeah. line of three people behind me and people have drinks and they're not that patient. Um, I need to be able to come up with one with a work yeah. of art in two and a half minutes. Yes. Um, so um, daughter's focus. I like that idea. Daughter's focus. Does it sparkle? Does it bleed does it sing daughter's focus sings no that's not exactly like this like windy tree metaphor aches no that's not quite right daughter's focus dances in rhythm dances well i only have one syllable left if i'm going to do daughter's focus for the first line but if i do it for the second i can do seven yeah i'm just stretching you have the ability i i get to be without dances out limitation the form dances out we'll do that second line um i see breeze of thanks (laughs) see and i love that laugh that's that's proof that's proof right there i see breeze of thanks daughter's focus dances out it's it's truly all good (laughs) it's not bad i think that'll work i i love it i want to get it it framed then get those see if we can get a ding here let's see where is it come on now there we go i heard it on the record Uh... and then and then i would i would i would flip this up out to you and i would say i see breeze of thanks daughter's focus dances out it's truly all good and then i hand it to you on nice beautiful cardstock you get your you know breath taken away you might start to to shed a tear and it's like, people rarely encounter the poet. People rarely encounter the madman because they're dangerous, they're scary, they're dirty, they're smelly, they're, they're poor, they're loud, they're violent. If you can do both, you can be the administrator of the madman and the madman himself. You can really bring that cosmic 5D chess vision to people who don't get it very often. And it's a very visceral confrontation with what an artist really is. And uh, yeah, it's truly amazing to be able to, to bring that to the people and to get paid well for it and to do it in integrity. You know, it's been hard for me to, to find and do and execute well on, on paid work that seems to fit my, my soul and my voice and my vision. But this has been a lifeline for me. Um, coming up on three years now working with this company. I've probably done over 40 events now. Mm. And, you know, it, it's been one of my main clients, right? And of course, we all need three to five main clients. One's not enough. You know, we can only um, rest on our laurels for four and a half minutes at a time before I got to go back to the laptop in the cave and try to spin some of these threads into clients and income and deliverables that people like and then post those on social media because of course this is what we're going to do until climate change swallows us because we can't stop won't stop because the 
the father in us we're trying to appease and escape from is is written too deep and it's going to be a desperate wild ride to save this planet mm. <laughs> nothing more i can add that is uh that was a plane landing it was bumpy but it was what we needed to jostle ourselves out of any numbness uh I also see breeze of thanks and I can hear the song in my head with those lyrics. What a nice. gift, dude. Thank you so much. And uh, can't wait. We'll do it again. And thanks for everyone listening. Courage sessions, GP Lewis on the socials. You know, you want to have haiku poetry at your next event. So reach out. Much love everybody. Thank thanks, you, Chris. buddy. Peace. Thanks y'all. Bye.